Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Peter Allison. Here's Dave Craig. Hoi, 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 and Merry Christmas to you. Oh, you're going early. Well, just because of the episode choice more than anything. That's fair. I mean, I'm well up for starting Christmas early this year. People talk about it at work and you see Christmas trees and people moaning about it. And I think, you know, it's been a shite year. Crack on. Yeah, it's absolutely. I'm trying to work out when I can watch the Muppet Christmas Carol for the first time this year. And I'm thinking this weekend. Yeah, go for it. Go I for it. So. Um, I did think, I know we've got a very stringent system now in terms of working through the episodes and the date order they were requested, which is very fair. But had we thought about it for more than 25 seconds, we should have probably saved this one for Christmas, shouldn't we? Like idiots. Well, yes, but it's tricked us because it doesn't have the word Christmas in the time. I mean, it says holiday. So, uh, and I do know it's about Christmas. I, I should have known that. <laughs> well, no, to be fair, we don't use the word holiday to mean That's Christmas, true. do we? That is, it's a long-standing um, bugbear of, of mine because holiday for us is a, is a very gen- generic term, isn't it? If it just means yeah, like vacation yeah. or holidays in time of work. Yeah, just any time you're just not doing anything proper, yeah. really, isn't it? Well, there you go. But it's a great episode choice. Uh, thank you for requesting it, McGlintuck. <laughs> It's always good to just read out people's usernames, isn't it? Without Yeah, we are going off usernames here. Uh, McClintock, uh, definitely one of our regular quizzes, um, and uh, hopefully listeners. Um, I would imagine so, based on the fact that they've messaged us. But thank you uh, for the request, uh, which reads, Peter, as follows. July the 2nd. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's quite recent by our standards. <laughs> That's fine. Bad, We're catching up slowly. Uh, hi, I'd love to recommend the one with the holiday armadillo. Always makes me laugh out loud. The skill Phoebe brings in, the gifts from Rachel to Phoebe and Joey, and obviously the holiday armadillo. I love listening to the podcast and have recommended it to other friends' fans. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. It'd be great if you could do this episode. It would make my day. Thanks well, McGlintock. We may not have made your day on July the 2nd, <laughs> but hopefully we can make your day... Late November. <laughs> <laughs> Launching towards Christmas. It's because we saved it for nearer Christmas, isn't it, Pete? Very yes, well planned. completely deliberately, ones. yeah, yeah. Literally the day after this comes out, it's going to be Thanksgiving, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> Should have really chosen a Thanksgiving episode, but hey. Oh, well. We don't know what we're doing. So um, you've got a Christmas episode for Thanksgiving, guys. You are welcome. Synopsis, would you like one? Yes, please. Season 
7, episode 10, the one with the holiday armadillo. Ross wants to introduce Ben, who's half Jewish, to Hanukkah, though Ben loves Christmas. Meanwhile, Phoebe and Rachel's apartment's been repaired, but Phoebe fears Rachel prefers living at Joey's. So to prevent this, she presents Joey with various gifts, a spider that scares Joey more than Rachel, and a drum kit that annoys Monica. What a strange way of writing that up. Uh, And Ross dresses up as the holiday armadillo to excite Ben for Hanukkah. Um, In 2019, the Herald Dispatch... Who are they? That's a daily newspaper that serves Huntington, West Virginia, and neighbouring communities in southern Ohio and eastern Kentucky. Oh, okay. Called it the third best Christmas TV episode... Why do we care what they think? Why do we care what they think about that? Of all time. Right. Not just Friends episode, TV episode of all time. That's a niche... Is that in the synopsis? That is in the Wikipedia synopsis. That's a very niche reference for Wikipedia to to call upon, isn't it? It really is, isn't it? Um, I have clicked through, obviously, though, Pete, because, you know, it's good to know what the top... Yes, what are they? Oh, well, do you know what it is, Pete? It's one of these bloody things where it's almost impossible... Uh, read the article because it's life too short shows life's too short right we don't care no one cares no. anymore Pete it's gone no I don't care but rest assured this is the third best and the people of the Herald in Kentucky know what they're talking about is that what it was called yeah something like that yeah Dispatch Herald Herald Dispatch I'd say we've lost interest almost immediately on that level haven't we Oh, absolutely. So, where to start? We have the three plots, one of which... Oh, I think we know where we're going to start, don't we? Because Yeah, one of the let's plots. start with Chandler. There's not much... I've got one note on this bit. Yeah. What is it? Do restaurant staff really accept bribes? Right, okay. So, this is a, a wider wondering of mine based on the way this plays out. Because... So, if you haven't watched this for a, a while... I mean, it didn't even make the synopsis, this, did it? No, um, I, which I'm, I I can understand. This is Chandler's story arc: is that he cannot suavely tip people by shaking their hand and giving them money. Yeah. Um. So there's a couple of issues with this. The first one is, yeah, do restaurant staff accept bribes? If is that a thing? And because these are all like proper grown-ups, aren't they? As well, like proper maitre d's in posh places. It's not like I imagine like kids in some restaurants. If they're a waiter, would accept bribes because you know kids will be kids but this seems like it's such a accepted part of the culture do you know what i mean yes like it's a known thing that it's done but also do reservations mean nothing in america like if i turned up and they were like your table won't be ready for 45 minutes presumably they've turned up at the time they've booked a table for and yet have to wait another 45 minutes wouldn't you just be like i booked a table at seven yeah. Why isn't it ready? Like, yeah. And I don't feel like they'd be like, well, it's very busy this time of year. Yes, that's why we have a reservation system. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we I'm give you there. a time that you can come at when you book it. And then just to purely get your table on time, you have to pay a member of staff a bribe, <laughs> yeah. which seems very unfair. I know tipping culture's all, all, the, all the rage. But um, bribing culture seems to be an, an odd addition to it, isn't it? Anyway, we've got a number of people that do regularly now get in touch to clarify things about how uh, how life works in America, Pete. God, I feel so <laughs> bloody. <laughs> We're such the typical, like, Brits that don't understand America, aren't we? It was actually somebody got in touch, Kate got in touch from after last week's episode to say, here in New York... 
Shout out to New York. They do actually send many firefighters, regardless of the size of the fire. I've had small electrical fires in Brooklyn, and at least three firefighters came up to our third floor walk-up, and at least two trucks in front of the building. So well, that that seems like a bad use of resources. Yes, yes. It, but but it, who am I to question the New York Fire Department? Well, exactly, Pete. If we're going to start campaigns against anyone on this podcast, it probably shouldn't be the New York Fire Department. <laughs> yes, do great work. <laughs> they do. Um, but... My second issue with the Chandler can't tip thing, and it's flagged up that the reason... So Monica keeps egging him on, doesn't she? She keeps going, oh, you can do this. You have to tip him. You have to go and do this. Be smooth, be suave. And Chandler clocks on that it's because Richard used to do it when Monica dated Richard. And A, it it did really bring into stark contrast the difference between Richard and Chandler at that point, didn't it? It it did feel like she was dating a child rather than a grown-up. Absolutely, But crucially, in that analogy she is also a child and you know richard was 55 million years older than her um, and, her, <laughs> and her father's friend so it probably makes sense that chandler and richard seem different ages but yep. more importantly do you remember the episode in season two where joey and chandler are basically trying to impersonate richard Remember, like they sort of one grows a mustache. They have the cigars. They're all, they're, they they become. There's a thing ob- about tipping, isn't there? They become obsessed with Richard, and in that episode, five years earlier, Richard teaches them how to do this. Right. And they, there's that scene when they're tipping each other, basically. And then know? Chandler grows a mustache. And the, yeah, correct. Yeah. And then they're they're showing off to the others how they can do this thing that Richard's taught them. So, a come on, lads, don't forget to just check the old book and see what's what's been happening in the past. And B, even if you didn't remember that that happened, it's not a, yes. great, not a great idea for a storyline, is it? No, it's very... Um, I, I mean, it sort of disappears into nothing and then there's just a joke later when Chandler's father Christmas tries to give Ben <laughs> tries to some tip cash. Ben. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it just goes away, doesn't it? And it's, yeah... yeah. That's it. It's, it's it's such a weird one. It's one of those classic Friends ones of going. They've got two main plot lines because Chandler and Monica, in fairness, are involved in the in the holiday armadillo thing as well. So they're all sort of together, but they've also got this sort of slightly strange side plot where Chandler just can't do a thing. That let's be honest. I, I mean, I don't think I've ever done that in my life. No, no, me neither. Because at this point, this is when Chandler's dressed up as Santa, and when you take a step back from Ben's point of view. Santa's just tried to bribe Ben and give him some cash rather than yeah, bring uh, any presents. Also, Santa giving kids cash is, is quite unusual in itself, isn't it? <laughs> it feels a bit untoward, doesn't it? Feels like a bit of a an odd an odd sidestep for, for Santa, but we'll get onto that a little bit later. Apart from my problems with the American restaurant system, because the second time Chandler goes back, so he, he tries to tip the mate to D a couple of times, right? And the first time he put the money in the wrong hand, the second time... He's sort of scrambling around for his pockets. And during that moment, two people walk into the restaurant that have just arrived and get the table. Yeah, so they're getting their reservation on time, aren't they? Yeah, and they don't appear to bribe him. Maybe they do bribe him. Maybe that's the thing. But there's no, like, they just walk straight in and straight to a table. Yeah. Madness. Madness. What's wrong with Chandler and Monica? Why are they being overlooked? Yeah, well, exactly. Well, we know what's wrong with Chandler and Monica. Yeah, let's not get into that, Pete. We haven't got time for that. We'll be here all bloody day. There's a lot of references in this um, episode to Phoebe being weird, aren't there? Especially yes. at the start. Is, is Phoebe okay in this episode? <laughs> I don't know. She's definitely having some moments, isn't she? Because she's especially dark, which starts with a skull 
and a bit of a joke about the skull being her mum's. Yeah. Um, like, that is a great line when she says, it's my mum, and Rachel sort of recoils in horror before realising yes. it's a toy skull. Yes, or my, it was my mum's toy skull or whatever. Um, yeah, there's the, it feels like this is a real throwback to really early Phoebe just being mad, weird and dark, do you know what I mean? Which I feel like Phoebe's kind of moved away from by the time we get to season seven. I mean, she's still quirky and odd, but especially in that first five or six minutes, there's just a lot of her being... Maybe not. Maybe she's not being that mad, but the others are sort of going... She's absolutely insane. They yes, make- why is it taken till now for the rest of them to realise that Phoebe says some mad stuff? Yeah, there's regular references to it. They talk about, oh, maybe you have to teach Ben about Phoebe this year. And, and then um, Monica and Chandler are briefly talking about her not changing her name to Bing because it's weird. And then Phoebe starts ranting about Rachel and the apartment. And, and, and Chandler says, well, Bing doesn't seem so weird now. There's a lot of like Phoebe bullying, really, in this episode, isn't there? I do also like the line, to remind us that even though it's Christmas, people still die. <laughs> yeah. That's a great Phoebe line. There's, there is quite, there's a couple of really nice Phoebe lines in this that do remind me of really early Phoebe, and that's a nice little throwback. Um, and then, of course, later on, right at the end of this plot line, we, get, we literally get to a stage where Phoebe's uh, communing with her dead grandmother. Yes. So we are really in, in, in Phoebe territory, aren't we? Also, when, when Phoebe starts presenting these gifts for Joey in an attempt to put Rachel off living with him, mm. um, who'd have thought it? Rachel loves tarantulas. So Rachel loves tarantulas, right? So Rachel loves everything. She likes drums and loud noises. And I mean, the drum kit in itself. Let's start with the drum kit, shall we? Because where's that drum kit going to go? <laughs> it's just in the middle yeah. of the living room between the chairs and the telly. Also, buying a drum kit, one expensive way of making a point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, start with a tarantula at least. I'm sure they're cheaper, right? I mean, Can we much? just go through some of Rachel's previous pets here? So she had a tarantula. Hmm. Isn't there a reference to her previously having a horse? Um, my my, my pony died, yeah, yeah, yeah. My pony, she, yeah. She, yeah so, her dad bought her a boat because her pony died, right? Well, there you go. So, so tarantula, she mentions that a cat ate the tarantula and then the cat died. Oh, uh, yeah. And she had a horse... Yeah, a pony, whatever. Lapoo, same thing. Literally, same thing. And then Lapoo. Yeah, a lot of animals knocking about. And, and they all die. <laughs> Sometimes monkeys die. <laughs> um, it is odd, isn't it? And I tell you what, for someone that loves tarantulas, when Rachel goes to put the drumsticks in that cage, she looks fucking terrified. Yes, which I don't think there's actually a tarantula in it, is there? Well, it's odd, isn't it? Because she really, if there isn't a real tarantula in it. Why does Jennifer Aniston do that? My only yeah. conclusion was maybe it is a real tarantula and Jennifer Aniston was terrified, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's really But she really leans back and sort of drops the drum kits in, whereas if we are to believe that Rachel loves tarantulas, she'd be much more relaxed at that point, right? Oh, she'd be giving it a little stroke, wouldn't she? I'd also say that throwing two wooden drumsticks in a tarantula's cage isn't exactly considering the tarantula's welfare too, too no i'm worried about the tarantula on the uh, on the whole because what, what happens to the tarantula after well i mean what happens to the drum kit they get rid of it very quickly but presumably they can just sell the drum kit to someone else how much is a tarantula i feel like this is something i need to google it's a great question because i just made reference to it being cheaper than a drum kit and at that point i did wonder is it i mean probably um i mean the first thing to come up is a remote control one okay uh, pets at home are selling tarantulas. Okay. Okay. Uh, how, Dave, how much do you think a... Oh, they vary wildly in price. Well, I mean, I feel like some of these listings might be someone sort of giving you one out the back of a lorry. Oh, Jesus. So if you wanted... 
Okay, let's use this one as our example, okay, okay. Dave? Yep. Um, you're meeting a, a woman called Michelle who lives in Wigan. Am I? Yes, she's nice she's a person the selling house. these. Right. Um, and you can buy a male tarantula from Michelle from Wigan. How much do you think Michelle's tarantula is? What website are you on? Pets at home. Oh, no. Oh, crucially... <laughs> Pets for home. There it is. I was like, isn't Pets at Home just a, a store, isn't it? Michelle's selling a tarantula in Wigan for forty pounds. Tenner. A tenner? Yeah. Oh. Ten pounds, fifteen pounds, twenty pounds. Okay. They're all yeah, they're pretty cheap actually. So that is plausible that um Phoebe could buy a tarantula. Well absolutely. What's the most expensive tarantula? There's one on here for £123. See, I think you'd be struggling to buy a full-size drum kit for less than 200, 250 quid. Oh, yeah. So, in all honesty, the drum kit is a bold and, I'd say, erroneous starting point. The, the topics we've covered recently, from Steps to Mr. Blobby, and now the price of tarantulas. <laughs> you can get a, uh, a feather leg baboon tarantula. A feather leg... Baboon, baboon tarantula. tarantula. Okay. I really don't like looking at photos of these, by the way. For, for 49 quid. So basically, about 50 quid. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad we sorted that, eh? Christmas is soon, Dave. No one getting you? <laughs> Drum kit? Um, no, tarantula's more my budget. <laughs> okay, fine. Understandable. Um, Rachel hates fish. That's something we learn here. The only pet she doesn't like. Yeah, exactly. She's had a pets all over the place but no fish for old rachel green um and then so yes yeah, so, so phoebe's trying to persuade rachel to come back to the apartment isn't she the, the apartment's ready after the fire not only has she bought a drum kit for a few hundred bucks and a tarantula for somewhere between say 15 bucks and 75 bucks depending whether she's bought it from pets at home or michelle from wigan um, <laughs> Both of those things are a very expensive way of going about this before thinking about, you know, just asking Rachel. Yes, why not just do that? Which, at the point she does that, Rachel goes, oh yeah, I'll obviously live with you. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I know we've got some time to fill in this episode, but it's a curious one, isn't it? And then Phoebe just changes her mind anyway. Yes, well, so now, now we get to the bit where they get back to the apartment. I mean, Phoebe talks about how so much has changed. I can't see a single thing that's changed. But mainly, I'm intrigued by the layout of this one bedroom into two. So what happens is, if you haven't seen it recently, turns out Phoebe's grandmother put up a fake wall, right, in the middle of this giant... Already, I don't like to make assumptions about Phoebe's grandmother's um, tradesperson (laughs) skills, but it's specifically referenced that she put the wall up. Yes. Did, Which, did that mean I, she paid someone to, or do you, do, do, do you think they meant? I prefer to choose she put it up. Yeah, I think I think knowing Phoebe's grandmother and Phoebe's family traits in general, that's more likely, right? So this fake wall has been up in the middle of what was previously a giant bedroom. So for it to be two normal sized decent bedrooms, oh, it must be massive. It must be absolutely ginormous. That's the first point. But the second point is, where's the where did the wall stop and how did they get in? Did the wall come up to the middle of the door? Because there's only one door. A couple of my school friends who who were twins had um, various bits of Ikea furniture separating off a big bedroom to, to make their own. Do you think that that's what Phoebe and Rachel did? Well, yeah, but but they but they they're not just the furniture. They've literally got a wall. So yeah. at some point, the wall must stop. So I there's there's only a couple of options, right? The wall comes all the way up to the door frame, in which case they've only got half a door each, and they just have to slide in. If not, 
then there's basically just a partition because there's a part of the room at the front where they have to walk around the edge of the wall, right? Yes. So if any of them are, like, doing anything, you know, personal... But then the, the, the bathroom, which is where the fire starts, isn't it, when the fire happens, it's also through that part of the, the apartment. So behind that one single doorway <laughs> is Phoebe and Rachel's makeshift bedrooms and a bathroom. So as I like to now think of it there's basically a giant room which had a wall and then in the middle of the room now the big room is just a toilet and a bath <laughs> now, straight down the middle yeah yeah it's very curious isn't it there's a lot going on behind that door because even if that door leads to a corridor when they get to the bedroom there's still the problem right of of the of the partition wall also uh, of course it's it's been made uh, it's a point that's been made a lot about how Monica and, and Rachel can afford that wonderful apartment yeah. that's massive. Um Phoebe's now going to be paying rent on this as we've been told massive right. apartment. Right. Without even having a flatmate. That is a big old room, isn't it? I know. And that kind of led me to be like why does she even want Rachel to come back if presu- yeah. I just presumed it was because it was a financial necessity that she had to split the rent, you know? Yeah. But as soon as she decided she wanted the whole place, doesn't need a roommate. She'll pay it being, all herself. Being a masseur must pay very well. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, so there you go. Dems the breaks with that. Any more for any more on that before we move on to the, the, the main event? Nah, done. All right. Should we have some adverts? Yeah, let's do some ads. I'm Tilly Steele. And I'm Helen Monk. And this is Bitchin'. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, why do you read the Wikipedia page? <laughs> it's good to practice. Yeah. A podcast where every week we talk about a different person. So how old was he when he first popped on the scene? That's a great If question. you say he was my age, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. And we veer wildly off track. Pop that Prosec. <laughs> Available on all your podcast apps. That's not right. Uh, Can you not say er in the advert? (laughs) Available on all your podcast platforms. Just search Bitchin or Great Big Owl. We'll see you there. That was all right. (laughs) Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Of course, if you're on the Patreon, Peter, this will have just there been a little no musical ads, sting yeah. and no adverts at all. Um, and if you're not on the Patreon, you could just join it, you know, patreon.com forward slash friendspod. We don't really plug it at all, do we? I've noticed that. We've uh, well, you've we, just done it. Yeah, well, I've done it. Absolutely done it. Absolutely done it. You get the, the episodes a day early, no ads. You get Joey, the spin-off series, where we go through episodes of Joey one by one. But now you're advertising the Patreon subscription to people who have, have already done it. Oh, I see what I've done there. Sorry, guys. I'm really. So- I mean, the guys that are already with us. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you're right. This is why, isn't it? It's an absolute minefield. All right then. Well, let's crack on <laughs> with <laughs> the holiday armadillo. The holiday armadillo. Um. First things first. First things first. Things first. Ben has not been with Ross for Christmas for seven years. Right. So. My first thought when this starts is Ross says, oh, I get to have Ben this year, which, as you say, you'd think it would be fair for him to just sort of take it in turns with Carol, yeah. but that's that's not the case. Um, and then he says that he's got Ben, and one of the first things that Monica says is, oh, are you going to dress him as Santa? <laughs> Why is... Why is that her first thought? Like, why does Monica assume Ross will do that just because he has Ben? Is, yeah. is it common for, for dads to dress up as Santa? Um, I don't know. Is Did Mr. Crib do, ever do that? No, I don't. Not to my knowledge, no. Not to your knowledge? Like, you do it in secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, okay, then I'll go as far as to say no. I'm Once we'd got to bed, dad would sneak out. <laughs> dress up as Santa and just sit there having a, having a brandy on his own. <laughs> Um, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure absolutely not. It does feel, again, it might be more of an American thing. And, you know, I'm loath for us to just be the, the little British boys that don't know anything about America. But maybe. No, but, he, but, but Monica herself later says that her dad never dressed up as Santa. So why is she assuming Ross will? Yeah, that is true. Well, they make reference to the fact that Susan does it every year, don't they? Hmm. So maybe Ben is used to it. And like Ben is, it turns out, a big old spoiled brat, isn't he? Because oh, he really is. Ross sits down to teach him about Hanukkah. And what a little prick he's being. Like, yeah. what an absolute bellend. No, I mean, I know he's a child and yada, yada, yada. But Jesus, Ben, mate, absolutely wind it in. He just keeps singing jingle bells while his dad's trying to have a chat with him. Ben, I, I recognise he's a child actor. Uh, and, well, not even a child. He's a child. He's yeah. literally a child. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, he is very irritating, isn't he? He's irritating, and I often think this. And we've seen uh, back in the day, maybe there was a thing, maybe something's changed within the industry where it's now much easier to find good child actors. But if you compare the child actors of, of the olden days, I'm thinking. Your Rosie and Sophie's in Coronation Street back in the day. Like, they were so bad. I remember thinking that. Ben um, is. Ben, classic Ben Mitchell. Ben Mitchell, right. They're not good actors. Like, Ben is not a good actor, is he? No, no. Like, at this stage. And that's fine. As you say, he's a child and he grows up to be an adult actor. Absolutely fine. But then you can compare it to the likes of, you know, you watch your Stranger Things now and you're like, these kids are shit hot. These are actually good. Mm. At- Why could the biggest television show in the world in the late 90s, early noughties not find a child that could vaguely act? And looks even slightly like Ross. I mean, he looks nothing like Ross. Yeah, he's not he? Ross's, is he? He's he not Ross's. Like- he's Susan's, obviously. He's absolutely looks... They, ha- they share not a jot of uh, genetic code, do they? No, not at all. Um... It's all very quick as well, because it turns out we're now two days before Christmas. 
So Ross has only just found out that he's going to get Ben for the holidays, presumably three days before Christmas. Yeah, good um, point. Because Dropping this is all happening in the same couple of days, which is, yeah, come on, Carol and Susan, have a, have a, have a little think, have a little plan. Um, and Ross heads down to the costume store where... Great line here. Really like the opening of this scene. As in the, are you here to return those pants? But the really cheery, hello, sir, as well, is great. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? I mean, it is. he's a cheeky scamp, the guy at the, at the costume shop, isn't he? It's just the fact that Ross hasn't even said anything, and yet he's already been hit by, by a quite cutting put-down before he's even opened his mouth. I like it. Um, obviously, there's no Santa costumes. You know, that that absolutely ties in with reality right you go to the costume shop two days before christmas they ain't gonna have any santas left do you think that the armadillo was the only option for ross or do you think he turned down other things before he got to the armadillo because ross asks for something christmasy doesn't he he says well if you don't have (laughs) santa have you got anything else christmasy and then we cut to him and the as the armadillo so either the implication is they absolutely didn't have anything christmasy or the guy at the costume shop's like i got this don't you worry. I got something. I got something Christmassy for you. It's quite an elaborate costume, though, isn't it? Because uh, I feel like if you go to a fancy dress shop, or, or like most fancy dress shops I've ever been to, are the sort of student level ones. Yes. And okay, you can tell what someone's meant to be like, but it looks really cheap and synthetic, and like it cost about a fiver, and probably did cost about a fiver. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of when you see those minion costumes, and it just like looks like they've been deflated yes like and it's just really cheap quality this is this is a good quality armadillo i'd say very expensive ross has splashed a lot of cash on this armadillo um considering he wanted santa he's like well if i'm gonna go armadillo i'm gonna go full out armadillo we end up with the scene don't we where ross is playing the armadillo chandler's playing santa and then joey arrives as superman what's going on there then (laughs) right why is yeah i don't understand why joey is superman because okay obviously chandler is father christmas that's that's explained it's christmas the armadillo costume well even that is explained because it wasn't first choice but the superman outfit isn't it is nothing to do with christmas and he hasn't even attempted to be christmasy no and also crucially and this is not a good sign for Ben's level of intelligence. The armadillo and Santa are very face covery, right? <laughs> yeah, whereas Joey's literally just Joey, isn't it? Ben is seven years old at this point, and he, he's seen Joey loads, right? He yeah. knows what he knows who Joey is. I mean, if I'm honest, I feel a bit like he should have clicked that the armadillo is his dad. Absolutely. But if you can't tell that your Uncle Joey is just the guy in the Superman costume, that kid is not so bright. He's annoying and thick. <laughs> yeah. God, we're really coming down on Ben in this episode, aren't we? One, uh, I'm about to make a very unlike me, Dave, but I'm about to make a niche reference. Yeah. Okay, lovely. Um, so the armadillo costume. Yeah. Do you remember at school, um, Through the Dragon's Eye? It was like uh, you had to watch different episodes and then you'd read along with the book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He looks like the baddie from Through the Dragon's Eye. And then I went on Wikipedia and started looking up and he's called Chan. And if you remember Through the Dragon's Eye, which it was quite chilling in places. Well, chilling when you're about six years old. Um, real strong Chan vibes with the costume. Oh, yeah. Yes, it really is, isn't it? In fact, have you googled? Yeah, I'm Google. I'm, I'm Google. It looks like the holiday armadillo with a beak, basically, doesn't he? Tell you what, anyone that doesn't remember through the dragon's eye, 
Have a little Google of that and the baddie and tell me, do we think it's appropriate <laughs> that that would be something to show, like, what, five or six-year-old kids? There was one episode where it ended with it being revealed that the uh, that, that Chan had... <laughs> that Chan had taken some children hostage. What? And that was the cliffhanger. And I can remember being really quite disturbed by it. That is terrifying. What the yeah. fuck is going on here? Well, Ben's clearly not learning that at school because he doesn't recognise Chan when his dad's dressed up, is it? That's true. Um... A couple of ob- obvious, like, sitcom logistics problems here. A lot of the issues with Chandler arriving as Santa and Ross having to get an armadillo costume could have probably quite easily been solved if they just dropped each other a text every now and then. Better communication would have, <laughs> would have avoided this, wouldn't it? But more on that point, when Chandler acquired the Santa costume, he says to Ross, I heard you were having trouble getting a Santa costume, so I borrowed one, right? I would have thought, if I was Chandler in that situation, I'd be like, thank you for lending me that costume, kind man or woman at work. I will now give it to my friend that's looking for it (laughs) for his son. (laughs) I wouldn't just pop it on and wander into the middle of the scene, into the room where my friend's kid is, and just play Santa. Well, also, what if Ross had managed to get a Father Christmas costume, <laughs> was in the apartment as Father Christmas, and then Ben turns around and suddenly there's two of them? Yeah, well, to be honest, Ben's not so bright, he might not have even noticed. That's true, that's true. Um, yeah, then we get the thing where Chandler tries to bribe the small child, and Santa's giving the kid money. Um, also, Chandler's dreadful at uh, covering his tracks, isn't he? Like, Ross literally says, remember, I'm your friend who you've sent to talk about Hanukkah, and Chandler's like, what? Mm. Like, come on, mate. There's also a reference to some... Um, Santa bedroom cosplay, isn't there? Right. Well, this is the final. I'd say the final issue with everything that's going on here. The Santa bedroom cosplay, for a start, not so sexy. I'd say. I would go so far to say that no, no Christmas themed um, bedroom cosplay is is attractive. Interesting. Okay. I uh, don't. I don't. I don't. A very general remark, but I don't think Christmas is sexy. It's not, that's not really the vibe of Christmas, is it? I mean, there's the whole sort of Santa baby, sexy, sexy Christmas stuff, isn't it? But that's made sexy by who was singing it. Infamously a very sexy woman. Yeah, well, exactly. So Santa, not so sexy. Elf, not really sexy. No, those, the ears, no one should find that. Pop on a reindeer costume, not so sexy. There's a lot of problems there. If If you can think of a sexy Christmas themed cosplay concept. Hmm. Um, please, please share it with us. What a niche <laughs> shout out for! Uh, <laughs> please only, only write the comment to us. We don't want photos. Uh, if you've got photos, though, that is fascinating. Uh, yes, but please don't. I, I don't want to see them. No. Okay. Fine. Um, I mean, throughout the whole thing, and this is the thing I was going to come on to throughout this whole incident with the armadillo, which is really like the scene is really funny and it's a really memorable Friends one, and it's like probably the peak of this era of Friends, isn't it? Like uh, the Monica saying, "Oh, the Santa, the armadillo, and I'll go and have a talk in the kitchen." There's a lot of really funny lines in this, um, and it's a genuinely, it's a genuinely enjoyable romp, isn't it? It's a great scene because it's all sort of happening within the same room, and it's a bit like a play in that regard, isn't it? A bit, it becomes a bit of a farce, and it's quite. That's when Friends is often at its best. Yeah, 100%. But the subtext going on here, and again, this is probably on Ben not noticing things because he's a stupid, stupid child. But all the way through it, his Aunt Monica's making out with Santa. 
and cuddling up to Santa <laughs> on the sofa yes. Yes. and stroking Santa's beard. I mean, in the, at one point in the kitchen, That's she literally point. strokes his beard and kisses him. What the hell's going on there? And at that point, he might have put two and two together. But as we know, subpar intelligence, that kid's going nowhere. What a weird way to end the episode. Get your shit together, Ben. <laughs> So that's the, the armadillo, Pete, I'd say. It's the what? Yeah, I didn't say that very well, did I? Yeah, bit of a difference to this one, because two people have requested it. Oh, exciting. Um, so we're going to make two people... Well, I, we're going to make at least two people happy with next week's episode. Okay, and, and uh, why not everybody is... else happy? Well, I mean, I, I, I hope everyone else is happy. <laughs> I just mean at least two people will be. Oh, that's nice, yeah, yeah. We are doing... The one where Emma cries. The one where Emma cries. Okay, sure, 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 sure. I see. Two, two requests uh, that is for that. Season 9, episode 2. Yeah, it gives you a chance to give it a little watch before next week's podcast emerges. Onto the podcast. I don't rappers. think I can remember anything about that one. Just her cry. I think I find the, um, from memory, the, just the general noise of a crying baby throughout the entire 22 minutes quite grating you know yeah join us next week when we slag off emma nearly as much as we slagged <laughs> off ben. not as much as we slag off ben what a prick uh, emma's a baby she's allowed to be thin <laughs> see you next week deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hi I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.